Welcome to Camden Cast. I'm Tanby. And I'm Erin. And this is our Seventh Heaven Podcast. On today's episode of Camden Cast, we will be discussing Season 7, Episode 11 of Seventh Heaven, the title of which is Sunday, or if you're in Germany, the title is Sundays Again and Again. Our IMDb user synopsis is Roxanne starts dating Chandler. Simon and Cecilia talk about having sex for the first time. Eric spends his time writing, and Annie finds out it is a book with sexual scenes. Uh, all right, so what was your first impression of this episode? Um, I think that this... I think my my issue now with with Seventh Heaven is that my dislike of the characters has overcome any, like, objective viewing of the storylines or the episode. Um, because, like... When this episode ended, I was very much like, I didn't like it. But then Aaron had mentioned, oh, actually, I thought this was a good episode. And then I, like, rethought about it. And I was just like, oh, wait, it actually was, an, like, an all right episode. But I just dislike more than half of the characters in the show now that I can't really look at it with any type of unbiased. Yeah. Um, I also just very quickly want to talk about we, I, uh, when we go online after, uh, after you watch an episode, we usually go online to see what the do internet, do a little research, yeah, and do what the, inter- like what the internet and what other audience, like other audience members are saying about an episode. And a lot of times the audience members don't agree at all with what our thoughts are. There's like one person out of like 10 or something. But for this episode specifically, I saw like quite a turn and I've been seeing it a lot in season seven where a lot of people are kind of fed up with what is happening. I think this is when you're saying, like, they jump the shark. This is, like, the season where they jump the shark. I think that happens a lot with shows, though, when new character like, when main characters leave and they introduce new characters to replace them. I think that that's generally the, the sentiment among most audiences. Like, I'm trying to think of a show where, like, on The Office, when, like, um, oh, yeah, when, when Steve Carell left, left yeah. like, everyone, you know, it was still, like, a pretty decent show, but everybody just, right, like, right. hated it because it wasn't as familiar as it had been, or I'm trying to think of other shows that have done that. Well, I was thinking again. about One Tree Hill after season four or five, I guess, when they... When like Lucas, when Chad Michael Murray and um, Hillary Burton left, and they brought in other, all these other people, um, but yeah. So I don't know if it's just because like the fam- familiarity is gone, or like, um, or if it's just because these new characters aren't really likable. Um, I don't know. It's up for debate. What do you think? Do you like Chandler and Roxy and? That's about it. That's those. Peter, Cecilia. Well, Peter and Cecilia, like, are children's significant others. They were going to come and go anyway. Right, right, right. Um, I, one last thing about this, though. Uh, yeah, obviously the characters, new characters make a difference. But I think in this episode specifically, I have issues with the characters that we've had for a while. One of the reviewers said something like, Lucy's logic is no longer, like, grounded to Earth logic, <laughs> which I think makes sense, especially in this episode. And for, like, everything since Roxy's been introduced. Anyway, I guess we'll get into it and we can discuss it more once we're there. Uh, we'll start with the cold open, which has product placement in the form of Capri Sun. Yeah, um, so er, whoa, the Rev <laughs> does not want to go to church because I don't know why he wants oh. to watch football. Well, everyone, the whole Cam fam is at church except for the Rev and the twins because he like made the twins pretend to be sick so he could stay home and say that he was caring for them. Um, He's still a bit moody about the fact that they have Chandler. He's all like, I don't want to go back to work yet. He's being, you know, he's having a, he's having a midlife crisis. Yeah. So that happens. Peter comes over and is like looking for Ruthie, of course. 
Um, he asks, the, the Rev asks him why he's not at church, and then, then Peter's like, why aren't you at church? And then they decide that they are going to, like, watch football. This is decided off screen, though. Um, I'd just like to um, remark quite quickly about Peter's hair. It's very uh, turn of the millennium. Yeah, the mo- new, very new millennium. Especially, it's 2003 now in Seventh Heaven World. Also, I guess in the real, no, it's not 2003 in, in real the life. real world. <laughs> It's 2003, surprise. Um, so his, like, there's obviously, spiky hair was a thing for a really long, or for a while, um, but this is on a new level, even. I feel like... I don't know, I was, like, 11 in 2003, and I feel like a lot of the boys that I went to school with had, had this, like, ridiculous, like, let their hair get really long and then spike it like that. That takes a lot of gel and spray. Lots of hair product. Um, meanwhile at church... Uh, Chandler's giving a sermon, or he's, like, at church, and we have the appearance of Roxy, who's wearing an interesting outfit. It kind of looks like a peasant top, but... But it's all stretchy material? It's, I don't know. It's, it's like, there's ruffles, but there's not. I don't know. And it's paired with a skirt. It's very... And her chest just looks like this big baggy, like, I don't know... It just looks like a potato sack. Yeah, it does. A tight potato sack. There's, like, a celebrity recently that wore a dress similar to this, and, like, like everyone on the fashion thing, like, had a specific word for it. I don't think it's uniboob, because I know that's a thing, but, like, it... What celebrity? I can't... I want to say it's Nicole Kidman, but it's probably not Nicole Kidman. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's... I think that's the end of... Or, well, every... Like, Lucy's upset. Well, yeah, everyone's, like, everyone knows... Lucy is like, oh, Roxanne is at church just to try to get with Chandler. She never had an interest in church before, blah, blah, blah. George. And Roxy is sitting there make, making eyes at Chandler, and Chandler's making eyes at her, and they're all, I don't know, oversexed or undersexed. I can't tell. Cecilia's there as well, and uh, yeah, that's that's the cold open. So we're going to start uh, with Ruthie's storyline first. Yeah, so after church, we get Ruthie at home, and I don't know why Lucy, like, asks her why she's doing work or something, and Ruthie is like, because I have homework, and Lucy is like, why didn't you do it yesterday? And then Ruthie has a laundry list of things that she did the day prior, which kept her from doing her homework on Saturday. So she's got a whole lot of work to do on Sunday, more than you would think that a 12-year-old would have to do. There's an art project, a volcano, and a book report. Yes, and she only bought the book yesterday, so she's first got to read the book. Um... So she's busy doing that. Um, Peter, of course, is at the house. And somehow Ruthie came in from church and didn't even notice that Peter was there. Um, And I don't know. There's, like, Peter wants to, like, hang out. Ruthie's like, I have to do my homework. And Peter, and she asks Peter to help her, and he's like, oh, no, you have to do it yourself. Well, he goes, oh, honey. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, honey. <laughs> you have and, to learn, like, a lesson here that not, like, you know, that we have to, that you have to do your work yourself. And Ruthie very, like, smartly is like, no kid in the world is ever doing their work themselves. And this is when he's like, oh, you don't know. <laughs> Bitch, you don't know. <laughs> oh, honey. Um, as we know, Peter is the child of a single mother we get the idea that his dad is kind of a deadbeat which i mean i know i've seen the whole series so i know 
about Peter's dad, but he we he is comes over to the Camden house on Sunday. I forgot this when he first comes in and talks to the Rev. His he says his dad was supposed to pick him up and he was supposed to hang out with his dad today, but his dad couldn't or his dad never showed up. I forget what the story was. Yeah, it so so we get the so Peter's pretty independent and we get the idea he does do his homework by himself because his mom is busy and his dad is never around. I would like to say during the Lucy Ruthie scene uh, before everything goes down with Peter. Um, Ruthie very smartly says, go away or help to Lucy, which I really liked. Um, so the rest of the episode, we have like bit, like a clip or two of them working on this volcano until I guess what is like considered the climax of this episode, which is when, um, it starts like shaking. Rumbling. Yeah. Yeah. And and the volcano explodes. And it is destroyed. And there's this whole, like, comedic scene where they're like, run! And they're running away. And um, later on, once everything's calmed down in the house, uh, Ruthie's like, well, Ruthie and Peter... Peter apologizes for, like, what happened to the volcano. And he says, we've both learned a lesson here. I learned that... Actually, I don't remember what the lessons were. <laughs> I don't know. There was a lesson learned. Yeah, there was, it was something about, like, getting your work done, I guess, beforehand. Or, like, not help. I don't know. Doing not, things for yourself? I guess. Maybe. I'm Who sorry. Knows? We. Don't, I don't... I, there was a lesson. I just don't remember what it is. I remembered all the other lessons, but I forgot this, this one. This one, I guess. But, it, you know, it's like a little cute storyline. For um, children. It yeah. wasn't a real-life lesson. It wasn't. Uh, uh. If it was important, I would have remembered. I would have put it in my book of life lessons. <laughs> that we do, that we take, that we have because of 7th Heaven. Yeah. Um, um, I think that's it for... That's it. Yeah, right. This is a cute little relationship, I think, I find. I really like Peter. He hangs around, so... I, I feel like it's somebody that's on her level. Like, I feel like most of the time Ruthie's pretty much above all of the people in her life. But this is the this is one of the first times where you see someone of her age that, like... It's kind of like like he seems more mature than like your yeah. average twelve year old boy, and he also is pretty level headed mm-hmm. from mm-hmm. what we've seen so far. And I know in the future he continues to be, um, like level headed. So for like a character that's like supposed to be like twelve years old or whatever, uh, he was written pretty consistently and well. Shocker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, kind of along the same lines as Ruthie. Um, so. Anyway, moving on to Simon, who... Has a New Year's resolution. Yes. uh, Simon and Cecilia's New Year's resolution is to have sex. And we first see them at the promenade, and they are talking about how they are hoping that their parents will give them permission to have sex, um, which is unique. Uh, Very Seventh Heaven, I'd say, along the lines of what... um, they basically have a plan. They've gone to the school counselor and spoken to them, uh, spoken to him or her about that. They, um, they, they've spoken to each other and listed yeah. the pros and cons. Um, they love each other. Uh, they both. They said that the pros are that they have jobs, that they know what they're getting into, that they're responsible, they have good grades. Um, they have not listed any cons. And the plan is to go and speak to Cecilia's parents first. Um, I'd just like to point make a quick point about uh, their appearances. Simon has styled his hair in a very 
Patrick Bateman-esque style, like American Psycho. It's slicked in the back, which doesn't do well for his entire I want to have sex now persona. It kind of makes him, I don't know, it makes me feel, it makes him look sleazier. Oh, yeah, he looks really sleazy and his hair just like looks, for someone who's tried so hard to, all right, so it's it's very clear at this point that David Gallagher has been like dyeing his hair. That ridiculous blonde color is not his natural color. As suspected, you can also tell now because his eyebrows are super dark and his hair is still super blonde. But now his hair looks all like greasy and dark when he has it slicked back. It's not a good look, but I think he's trying to go for like a little bit of a greaser look because he's walking around in like a leather jacket and he's got his earrings. And oh, yeah, he does have his earrings. He thinks he's like real bad. The, the earrings, which by the way, Simon had to take out when he got his ears pierced, but then surprise, David Gallagher wanted to keep his ears pierced. Um, and then Ashley Simpson has let her hair grow out, but it's still doing the flippy thing that it was it, doing before. Yeah, and it doesn't really look that good. Um, so after we realize that their New Year's resolution is to have sex, uh, we then have a scene. Oh, wait. Can we just... Um, I want to say from the conversation where they like weigh all these options and they're like, we've already done all of these things. It sounds like they're making a very well-informed decision for being like 16. So good for... Seventh Heaven, or them, or both? I don't know. Uh. I think that this is... Uh, this is one thing that I have to commend Seventh Heaven on. I was surprised that they decided to even take the storyline on. Like, I felt like they haven't really done this with any of the other kids in depth. But it's really exciting, kind of, to see that they're actually taking, like, normal teenage tendencies into consideration on this show. Which is, like, normally teenagers would do... Sometimes do want to have sex. What do you do in that situation? And I think Simon has always been more, like, precocious. So it makes sense that, I don't know, they waited for... waited to do this with him because, like, I don't know, Mary had her, like, whole bad girl tendencies or whatever, but they were separate from... Well, whatever. Um, This kind of goes in character, whereas Mary's entire turn is not in character. Yeah. Um, So we move to the pharmacy next, where... uh, where there's uh, they're supposed to be buying condoms. Um, the pharmacy, unfortunately, is a place where Simon is known. I think the pharmacist like knows Simon's father and knows like the family history. So Simon's kind of at like stuck, and so Cecilia takes matters into her own hands, goes inside, gets the condoms, buys them, and it's all done without any um, weirdness. Yeah, there's like, it's very like a normal exchange and stuff, which I, I was also shocked about. I thought, I think the, there was a little moment with the pharmacist that I think he was like judging her. He did. He was like, I don't know, maybe I read into it because I wanted to. Oh, I just thought it was like a normal exchange. Yeah, it was pretty, it was a pretty quick transaction. So she came in, she had like her money ready. So I feel, I felt like she was more awkward about it than he was because she was very like drawn in and he was just like, all right, Um, So it was good that there was no lecture from the pharmacist. Or, like, judging I, or even, like, after Cecilia left, he didn't even say anything to Simon, like, oh, what's that girl doing? Um, I do want to mention something that I think, like, was under the radar in this episode, um, which is sometimes their, their, like, comedy is actually quite on point. So this pharmacist apparently did the window display design by himself because he's tapping into his artistic ability. And when we see the window design, it's a... um, wheelchair and it's surrounded by floating bedpans <laughs> and if that's not art then, then i don't know what, what is, is. So, um, also product placements for juicy fruit trojan condoms and, and ponds. ponds i love ponds cream so 
Anyway, this podcast is sponsored by Pons. Oh, my God, not, please. Not really, but please send please. us free stuff at, and money. Um, so that's re- – so anyway, they decide – after they buy the condoms, they have to go, like we said, they were going to ask for permission. So they go to speak to Cecilia's father. The next thing we have is some, I don't know, I think it's supposed to be physical comedy. Like, Cecilia's father is sitting across from um, Cecilia and Simon, and he's making these, like, disapproving faces. And then, um, Ceci- like like we said, in the climax of the episode, everybody is like, run. So Cecilia tells Simon to run from her father, um, and he does, and he runs home. As soon as he gets home, no, no sooner than he gets home, there's a knock at the door, or the doorbell rings, and it is Cecilia's father, and he's like, I'm looking for Simon, so the Rev is like, uh-oh, what did Simon do? Um, and they all sit down, the five of them, Cecilia, her father, and the Rev, Annie, and Simon are all sitting down discussing this plan, um, and they don't really... Get in trouble for it? The Rev is just like, maybe each of you should have spoken to your respective parents first um, before you both came to each of us. And you should have spoken to your individual parents first to, I don't know, bounce this idea off of them or get permission separately. It was was a very calm and almost, like, reasonable reaction compared to, like, past reactions to sex. Um, in this family, the Rev also says like that way, you know, I can't really judge uh, if Cecilia is ready because she's not my daughter and I don't know her. Just like you can't really judge if Simon's ready because he's not your son. Uh, but I know, I think that my son isn't ready. Simon then like responds like, what if I don't agree with you? Or, and what if Cecilia doesn't agree with her parents? Then what? And we don't really get a resolution to this. Mostly that there's a con- like conversation that's going to be happening or something needs to like be done. Um, so Cecilia's father is George Smith and he's played by the actor Brad Mall, who I know from General Hospital because I know everyone from General Hospital. Yeah. Uh, he played like Tony Jones in General Hospital, if anybody is familiar. Tony Jones. Uh... Um, actually, I think he was doing this and General Hospital at the same time. Um, so this... It doesn't really... There's no resolution to this. I'm sure this is a storyline that's going to continue on into the next couple of episodes, or a few episodes at least. Um, it really, You're giving them a little too much credit. I mean, I hope so. Uh, or maybe it's dropped and they're just like, oh, we don't want to have sex anymore. Um, or maybe they'll just do it without permission. Who knows? Maybe Seventh Heaven will surprise me. Uh, but we just have this idea that Simon really needs to go to church or, like, rethink... His life. Yeah. And his decisions. Um, so we'll go to, we're going to lump together Lucy, Kevin, Roxy, and Chandler now, because it's... Because why not? Because Lucy's new life mission is, I don't know, her life is now governed by the things that Roxy does, because she's a crazy, bitter, jealous, um... Alien. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, like, a person, and... Her, uh, we find out that Lucy's New Year's resolution is to focus on herself and Kevin, and but so guess what? Surprise! She can't get over the fact that Roxy exists. For some reason, she just hates this woman. Um, and I'm not like Roxy's biggest fan, but it makes no sense that she's still obsessed with what she's up to. Anyway, especially because we've had episode after episode after episode where at the end of the episode, it's like, oh. 
they've resolved things, or they're turning over a new leaf, or they're trying to be friends. Remember, they had the pool hall scene in, like, a f- a, the last episode, maybe, where they're like, we're gonna try, I'm gonna try to like you. And then a few episodes before that, they had the phone call scene where um, what Roxy was like, stop it. Like, stop doing what you're doing. And Lucy's like, oh, I'm scared. Okay, I'll stop. Additionally, it's become abundantly clear that Roxy is not interested in Kevin. And that was, like, the the heart of this entire, um, like, feud yeah. was that Lucy was convinced that Roxy was going to steal Kevin from her. But Roxy will hit on anything that moves, so she's easily distracted, and she's not really interested in Kevin anymore. So why is this still going on? Um, so... We'll get to what's actually happening in this episode. Uh, Roxy has clearly come to church um, because she's after Chandler's ass. Um, And I'm not even being, like, disparaging towards Roxy. That's clearly her mission. She very, like, she states it. Um, Lucky for her, her competition is all these 14-year-old girls after church. So after church, she goes up to Chandler and she's like, I have some questions about your sermon. Um, I'd like to ask them, like, over lunch or something. So... Chandler immediately dismisses all these other women and is like, okay, come with me back to my office and we'll talk about our plans or whatever. Then we have what is very clearly a conversation that only happens through a script. (laughs) Because Roxy says, let's pretend to be a couple that's walking around the promenade and hold hands for a day. And then Chandler is like, oh, I didn't think you'd let me hold hands with you on the first date or something like that. So now it's gone from talking about the sermon to a first date because this is, like, sort of a meet-cute kind of thing, I guess. I don't know. Um, And, like, Chandler seems to get over the fact pretty quickly that Roxy's never been to church in her adult life, has no interest in church, has no interest in the sermon that he gave. They immediately start talking about having sex, and she's like, what do you think about... Um, having sex before marriage, and he's like, I think it happens. Um, he, gets kind of, he gets kind of awkward. Um, which oh, I, wait, this happens later when they're at like, the promenade. This but yeah, like, this is So they go to the promenade, they're eating lunch somewhere, then they're walking oh, around. This, the thing with the salad happens, which I was annoyed about. I don't know what the thing with the salad so is. So they're at... Oh, yeah, they're at the dairy shack. And she orders, like, burgers, and well, first she's like, oh, oh, I was going to get a salad, but they don't have salads here. So she, like, got a burger, two, like, fries, and, like, a shake. And then she turns around, and she's like, I just said it was a salad to impress you. And he's like, I like a girl who can eat. With a ha- healthy appetite. And I was just like, ugh. And this is when she's like, I'm, I'm a bad woman that has evil, evil thoughts. <laughs> and anyway. Anyway, and then there's this, like, supposed to be cute little funny scene, part of the scene where she, they... They, like, are looking at each other, and Roxy is like, hold the onions, because get it, they're going to be, like, making out later, so she doesn't want to eat onions. Which they do. We do see them kissing later on the promenade, Um, and, because there's all this, like, I didn't think you'd let me, like, hold your hand on the first date, I didn't think you'd let me kiss you on the first date, and... And then, like... And then then he asks if, like, they can go back to her house, and she's like, wait, Why? And it's because these like the, the, all these people on the promenade are looking at them kissing, and he's the new reverend, and uh, and um, she's like, yeah. Uh, I guess we'll so. Get, they just go to her house to make out, to, or like to the car. I don't know. Well, they, they've gone somewhere and they've made out. So while this is all going on, Lucy is losing her mind. <laughs> Lucy is running around the cam house, the cam casa, <laughs> and she's trying to get Kevin to go on a walk with her. But Kevin is busy watching football with the Rev and Peter, and she wants to go on a walk at the promenade, of course, so she can spy on Roxy and Chandler. 
Uh, no one will go with her. She tries to get Ruthie to go. It doesn't work out. She tries to get Annie to go, but Annie's busy. And we'll explain busy. that in a bit. <laughs> we'll explain that in a bit. Um, and she's kind of fed up. Uh, and finally she decides that she's going to go herself. There's obviously a whole lot of conversations going from everyone where they're like, maybe you should focus on yourself. Maybe you shouldn't be so crazy about this. Maybe you should leave them alone. Like, why can't... Why do you care so much? But she's not hearing any of it. And then the next thing we know, she's not at the promenade or following Roxy and Chandler around. She's made her way to church. Um, and we are supposed to get this scene, which is, I think, meant to, like, make us sympathetic towards her but it only makes me even more mad compared to what happens in the rest of the episode so she's alone in the church she walks up to uh is it the pulpit pulpit. and she opens up the bible and she's kind of touching it lovingly and then you like she looks up and through the in the camera we see that she's like about to cry uh which is beverly mitchell's like go-to acting choice yeah um we return to the church where Kevin like is like, oh, I thought I'd find you here, and he and she's like, how did you know? And he's like, because Roxy's car is here, and you knew that she would need her car when she came back, so you didn't want to go walking around looking for them. So you came here thinking they'd come here, which again, completely takes away the nice bit of her going to church instead of following right. them around. Then we get what starts out as like a pretty introspective and self-aware speech by Lucy about why she's so obsessed with Roxy. So she's like, I'm not being a very good Christian by the way that I like just I don't know why I don't like her. And now that I don't like her, I'm starting to not like Chandler because he's associated with her and I don't want to be like this anymore. I like I want to be better. I'm supposed to be a minister. And it's like, okay, maybe she realizes that she's being crazy because she says that she's like, I know I'm being out of control. And but that immediately gets washed away, like everything she's just said and all the like potential progress she's about to make. When Roxy and, well, when she starts talking about how she dislikes Chandler. And as soon as she starts talking about that, Chandler and Roxy walk in. Yes. Uh, So. Taking a note of their appearance. They, yes, look like they've actually been having sex because their hair is crazy and Chandler's shirt is unbuttoned down to like the middle of his chest. So anyway, I guess we're to presume that they were making out and. Someone's car. car, not Roxy's car, because her keys are still in the church. Um, so that's what they came back for. And this is the this their run scene is specifically um, Roxy realizing that like they know what's happened between them, and Roxy being like run, and then she runs off. Yeah, and um, then Chandler kind of catches Lucy up in this whole I don't know non minister like behavior because i don't know exactly how this starts but lucy starts telling chandler about how she doesn't like him or something well chandler or how he's not very much like a minister yeah chandler says that um he thinks he's in love like love and he starts to believe in love and first sight because of roxanne and lucy's like you're not in love with her uh she's a and this is when george kind of puts his george (laughs) kevin (laughs) kevin Sorry. He's like our friend. He's all, he's all up on our Instagram. It's like all the time, so I feel like I can call him George. But Kevin puts his hand on Lucy's mouth to stop her from saying anything like bad. And um, Chandler says, you, you shouldn't be, if you are about to be a minister, you shouldn't be calling anybody those kinds of names. And he, she calls back being like, well, you're not any minister yourself, Mr. Hot Pants. And this is when he's like, well, okay, fine. Give the sermon tonight at seven. And we learn that there used to be an evening service. The Rev wanted it reinstated before he 
um, went on leave for his heart surgery. So they said in the beginning of the new year that they would bring back the Sunday evening service. So now Lucy's freaked out because she's like, I have to write a sermon before 7 p.m. But instead of realizing that she's like, it's because she's kind of walked herself into this whole mess, she blames Kevin. She's like, if you did, if you just came up with me to the walk to the promenade, I would have never been at this church, and they would have never heard me talking about them. I'm like, this is not Kevin's fault. It's your own damn fault, Lucy. Um, I think we can talk about Lucy's sermon now. Uh, yeah, so Lucy's sermon is basically about, like, how Sundays are, see, giving, I don't know, uh, like... Call, a callback to the... Not mm-hmm. really a callback, it's in the same episode... Um, paying homage to the title of the episode, Sunday, Lucy talks about how Sundays are no, like, used to be the day of rest, and now there's just so much to do that Sundays are taken up with work and school and, like, all these other things and catching up, um, for the, for the week when it used to be about friends and family and resting and, I don't know, reflecting on your life. So, and she talks about how, like, people have so much to do these days that they have to rely on drugs to relax and inappropriate, unfulfilling sex, which, like, then they zoom in on Simon. So, like, apparently if we all just took time on Sundays to, like, to, to, to actually relax, then we wouldn't need drugs or sex. That is the moral of the story. Um... I will say, although a lot of... And she uh, like brings up the point about how she's guilty of this as well because she's so busy and she wishes that she could get her Sundays back. So I want to say that as far as sermons go... So usually I like black out the sermons in seven, seven episodes, but I decided to listen to this one mostly because I wanted to uh, dissect every little thing that Lucy was doing and say how it's wrong. I will say that the general like uh, point of this sermon is like, quite a good one. Like, I get it. But your point on this was very good. But Lucy, and it would make sense coming from Lucy if we'd at all seen in this season or even like the past or season ever. or ever that Lucy is doing something in her week. We've not seen her in college or doing any of her divinity school things. We've not seen her working. She hasn't had a job. And she's talking about how she's they're all, like she's all constantly busy. She's like she's there's all these things she has to do. When the only thing she's been doing since the beginning of season seven is harping on and on and on about Roxy, and that's not that's not something that leads. I don't know. That's like stressful or she's just make. I don't know. Yeah, she's like it. It doesn't. It doesn't ring well. Like true. It's not genuine when it's coming out of her mouth. And I mean, the general message is obviously a good one, right? Like. You need like Sundays are things that we hate nowadays. Like there's like what what do they call Sunday scaries? Yeah, the Sunday scaries and like or the Sunday blues. Like everybody hates Sunday night because they know Monday's next. And how like before that wasn't the case. So it's Sunday when we're recording this. Yes, I'm unhappy about (laughs) tomorrow being Monday. One day, right? Everybody's unhappy. So all the time. So. I get it, but the the fact that Lucy's saying it, and the fact that all of like her things had little digs at other people, like the inappropriate, um, unfulfilling sex was about Simon. There's like a little dig about Ruthie not doing her homework. I don't know why she talked about drugs, but yeah, I don't, no one has on this show has used drugs to relax yet. Yet, <laughs> yeah. Um, Roxy's at the sermon, by the way, and her and Chandler are like waving at each other and 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that's where we're at. Everybody's really impressed with Lucy's sermon because everybody's delusional. But yeah. Um, so we'll get to the Rev and Annie. I think this is slightly a fun storyline in that. Uh, so we learned. So, all right. So at first, Annie, um, in the beginning, in the cold open, it's clear that Annie wants the Rev to go back to work. And she's like, when are you going to go back to work? Now, this is kind of a 180 because... Prior to this, the Rev really wanted to get back to work, and Annie was like, no, 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 you need to rest, you need to recover. Um, so I don't know what's changed, maybe... Well, it's been a fuck long, t- fuck ton of time now. <laughs> and I guess maybe Annie's just tired of having the Rev around all the time. He also said he was retiring in the last episode, so... Or two episodes ago. So maybe she's just, like, trying to, you know, kick him out the door. <laughs> um, what we learn is that during this entire time that he has been... Um, I guess like on leave or whatever for his health for his heart condition, he has been writing um, a novel, a novel or, or a, a novella. novella. Uh, so we and, unfortunately don't have a title for this novella, um, but what we do learn is that um, the per, the only person who seems to have read it so far is the pharmacist. Well, no, not the pharmacist <laughs> is is Kevin. The pharmacist knows okay. about it. Kevin's so anyway. Read it. It seems like this is a big secret hidden from Annie. Yeah. And pretty much the whole family except for Kevin. And Lucy. Lucy doesn't know about it. Lucy doesn't know about it. Yeah, Kevin Kevin is the only one who knows about it. Yeah, and I think maybe Ruthie does. Simon doesn't. I don't know, but somehow the pharmacist, like the whole family, it's a secret from the whole family, but the pharmacist <laughs> knows about it because he starts talking to Simon about it when Simon is in the pharmacy. But anyway. Um, so... Annie's like, okay, let me read it. And Kevin, remember Kevin and the Rev are watching football. By the way, they're apparently watching a Bills game because Kevin, being from Buffalo, is a Buffalo Bills fan. Um, and they lost that game. <laughs> I'm just going to say that they lost that I game. I think they generally lose most of their games, but I don't know a whole lot about football. Um, so we are. We find out from we Kevin. We learn that it's a smut yes. novel. Yes. Novella. It's, uh, which, it's an erot- erotica. It's erotica. It's, l- it's erotic, erotic literature. Novel, yeah, and that um, Kevin finds it to be racy. So he, he says that uh, Lucy is not old enough to read it. Um, and the, the Rev's like, oh, but I was mainly trying to get, like, the, the relationship between God and his people through a relationship between the hero and the heroine. And I'm like, interesting. I wonder. But we get a lot of, like, little scenes of Annie reading... So Annie spends the entire day in bed masturbating. <laughs> yeah, basically. So first she's reading this while she's folding clothes, but she stops folding clothes as she's getting deeper and deeper. As I'm assuming the sex starts to like come up in the in the book, in the novel. And then we see her laying in bed and she's hiding the novel from Lucy. It's like tucked under a pillow. And she's like, oh, I can't go out. I need a bath. And we all know what that means. Because <laughs> she's like, she goes, cleanliness is godliness. And I was like, no, mm-hmm. cleanliness is comes before godliness or is, is next to godliness. godliness. And yeah, but like, yeah, so there's that whole and you and I mean there isn't but there is <laughs> well the whole time we see her like she's just laying in bed this entire episode so I don't think we're me- meant to think it's especially because of the faces she's making when she's reading them and um then the rev comes in and he's like I was wondering if I could help you everybody else is like busy especially since you've been reading the novel and we understand what that means but before they can have some, you know, par- uh, some sexy times, the volcano blows up and the whole run thing happens. Um, 
uh, we'd like to take a moment now to talk about the fact that apparently, or not apparently, it's true, uh, Stephen Collins is a prolific, maybe. Uh, we don't know. No, no, we don't know that. Um, he is a writer. He is a writer of... Erotic words. <laughs> erotic literature. Himself. Um, it's like, obviously, in lieu of uh, his... No, not in lieu of. In in light of his, uh, the allegations. There's a, they're seen in a new light. Yeah, not the allegations. The well, I not, mean, yeah, they are allegations, but they're true I think they, they were substantiated. Yeah, um, but uh, of yeah of his child abuse. That's putting a weird. It's weird. Um, and but he's been writing. He was writing it before. He was writing it while he was doing this. Apparently, mm-hmm. um, one of the. I think you like looked up some of the work. One of it's called. One of the works is called Double Exposure. I, I don't know. I forget. I looked it up, but. And another one is called Not Double Exposure, but something else. Uh, but that's Let's apparently... See, they are called uh, Double Exposure and Eye Contact. Eye Contact, right. And um, so apparently, I guess we... So this has happened quite a lot where they take something from the person's real life and put it into the episode. So, like... Uh, I don't know if this was, like, a good decision or a bad decision. Yeah, it... I don't mean, I or guess... Or just a weird decision. I mean, this show is not like, run away from the fact that the Rev and Annie are sexual human beings. (laughs) Like, they have seven kids, and also, like, they're always on each other in some way or another. Like, they're very, like, romantically entangled, and there's intimacy, blah, 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 blah. They're, like, in a loving, healthy relationship. So I guess it's, like, normal for the Rev to also be able to write about sex. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. So anyway, that's his entire storyline really and at the end he decides that he's standing in the back of the church while Lucy is giving her sermon and he like looks up to the sky and he says you have me on my knees you're right I need some help Um, so I don't know what that means but I think it like I thought it was supposed to be like the rev was like inspired by Lucy and he's going back to work, but also it's like, what does he need help with? Yeah. Um, I would just like to comment on one last thing before we wrap up. Um, the Rev is very annoying in this episode. Um, and be- every episode. Well, but very specifically because of the way that he's talking about women, uh, especially Annie and Lucy in this. Yes, we all know that Lucy is out of her goddamn mind and she's the worst, but the generalizations that the Rev is making about women... And like how women are walking mood swings and they just have mood after mood after mood. And that's you have to, as like a person who's married, that's what you have to deal with. And we have this like kind of buddy, buddy, broy conversation he has with Kevin about this. It's so unsavory. And like, it, I don't know, it's very like lazy writing, I think. Um, so I think that's all I have to say about this. Do you have anything else that you want to say about this episode? No, no. Um, oh, there's, we got to rate what? Are you, are you okay? <laughs> I just saw another note I made. Um, so Roxy's going on her first date with uh, Chandler, and immediately the conversation is, Roxy's going to marry Chandler. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just like the way that Matt and Sarah got married on their first uh, date, apparently everybody thinks that this is a thing that people do. Um, and Roxy can't marry a minister because she just can't, apparently. Yeah. Um, so what are you going to rate this episode? I am going to give this a solid 4.5 out of 7. Oh, wow. Look at that. Look at that. I almost gave it a 5, but not that great. 
Um, I will give this a four. Um, okay, so, uh, as we mentioned, George Stultz loves our Instagram, and maybe you, you will, too. too. Yeah. Uh, and you can check out our social media. It's camp- our, handle- our Twitter and our Instagram handles are at Show. On Facebook, we're facebook.com slash CamdenCast. Uh, you can email at us. E- email at us. Email us, CamdenCast at gmail.com. Or maybe you disagree or agree with our opinions. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, and we are here every Wednesday and Saturday with new episodes through the iTunes Apple Podcast app on soundcloud.com slash CamdenCast and on Stitcher. I am Tandy. I am Erin. This is CamdenCast. <laughs>